Welcome to season two of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, the official podcast of the Breakaway Roping Journal. This season, we're bringing you all the interviews you love with the top ropers in the game, news about what's happening in the industry, training tips, and so much more. Plus, we're expanding to bring you news from other events that you love, like goat tying and tie down roping. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast. I am your host, Casey Allen, and today's episode is going to be a lot of fun for you guys. We went ahead and shot some questions off to some different breakaway ropers in three different subjects, clinicians who have changed the game in breakaway roping from the last few decades, committees who have stepped up to assist breakaway ropers and how they did that, and last but not least, most exciting topic of the episode for me, we got into reaching. Who were the first girls to really reach in the breakaway? How'd they do it? I'm also going to bring some resources in from the Team Roping Journal, and we're going to really dive into reaching at the end of this episode, so I'm not going to bore you too much at the beginning by teasing about it. Now, last month was our Women in Rodeo Month over at the Breakaway Roping Journal. That was brought to you by our Watson, Main and Tail, and Resistol. And all month long, we studied the effect that women have had on the sport of rodeo since it began. We talked about the movers, the shakers, the industry changers all month long. And we talked about the ladies that are up and coming and who you should be watching out for in the future. So this is just kind of our ode to some of those great committees, great breakaway ropers, great people who have had an impact on the sport of breakaway roping. Now, today's episode is brought to you by ADM's Forage First Feed. I'm going to tell you more about that at the commercial break, but we are so happy to have them on board for the breakdown. To get things started off, we're going to warm up with a few different girls. You're going to hear from Shelby Bojley, now Shelby Medjid, as she mentions her husband Haven Medjid, world champion tie-down roper, in her clip. Then you will hear from Kelsey Domer. Kelsey herself has been impactful to the sport. She is one of those who cut off her horn and roped at the Women's Rodeo World Championship when she was, I want to say, five to six months pregnant. Not quite where Jackie was when she turned heads at the first NFBR back in 2020, but Kelsey is a mom. She has been in the sport a long time. We always love hearing her perspective. After you hear from Kelsey Domer, you are going to hear from one of the ladies that might be new to the fans of Pro Rodeo. This is her first year really rodeoing. She wasn't planning on trying to make the NFBR, but here she is sitting in the top five in the world. Her sister is the world champion from last year, Sarah Angeloni. So I'm going to let those girls take it away, and then I'm going to come back to you guys. We're going to discuss after this. To me, Joe Beaver started the teaching and clinic revolution. I mean, um, even Haven talks about going to Joe B's clinic when he was little and how it being such a turning point in his career. So I think the first clinics that I heard of were Joe B's, and I think he had a huge impact on a lot of kids that went. And then um, a lot of other people started doing clinics and stuff after that. And um, I guess that's just my opinion. There are a lot of great clinicians out there right now for breakaway ropers to find help. Uh, but I believe Larry D. Guy was the first breakaway roper to truly start the clinics and the lessons, and she's had a huge hand in why breakaway roping is where it is today. For me growing up, it was always, you know, watching tapes of calf ropers and stuff, you know, Cody Ole, Fred Whitfield, uh, Strand Smith, you know, Trevor, all those. But as far as the breakaway world, I feel like... Um, Jackie, Larry D, Hope, 
they they kind of that was who I would want to watch their DVDs and and you know go to a clinic of theirs when I was younger and growing up. So to me, as far as breakaway roping goes, I feel like those were the three that I was really looking up to then. Honestly, I loved listening to these clips because there are two names that always come up when you are talking about great instructors for breakaway ropers. Number one, Joe Beaver. He has been an advocate for the ladies for such a long time. And honestly, I remember my best friend when we were like 10 years old, went to her first Joe Beaver clinic and we're from Pennsylvania. It was such a big deal that she could go down to Florida and learn from Joe Beaver. He's one of the ones that's even gone to those regions that not a lot of people pay attention to, like the East Coast and the Northeast. Yes, he's a tie-down roper, but I know that Martha and Sarah Angeloni were both big students of his when they were growing up. So it's just so fun to see how many people that Joe Beaver has impacted and how much he's advocated for the breakaway ropers and helped the sport along in his own way over the course of his career. And he definitely didn't have to do that. So we've always appreciated him for that. And as luck would have it, Joe is actually going to be one of our guests coming up. He is going to come on one of our episodes and talk about the greatest breakaway horses of all time, what makes a great breakaway horse. And I cannot wait for that episode. I just am excited to pick his brain because he is a wealth of knowledge. Also, Larry D. Guy was the other name that comes up again and again and again when people are talking about great instructors. I cannot begin to count how many schools Larry D. has put on over the years, what she was doing for breakaway ropers. I mean, how many males and females she has taught through the years. Personally, I went to my first Larry D. Guy clinic when I was 15 years old. I went to four or five after that. I would drive up to 14 hours when I was living in Tennessee and Pennsylvania just to learn from her because she has such an amazing way of teaching. She teaches horsemanship. She teaches roping. And along with Hope Thompson, when Hope started teaching with her. If you go back and listen to the Hope T story, Hope talks a lot about just teaching kids through the years and then, you know, watching those kids come up and compete alongside of you. And I think that's really something that's great about the sport of breakaway roping is when you look at other events, a lot of times the clinicians are the people who have retired, maybe aren't pro rodeoing as much, competing as much. And when you look at breakaway roping, these girls are out there putting on clinics and training the girls who are going to enter against them at the jackpots and rodeos. I've always thought that was super unique. And another great thing about girls like Larry D. Hope and Jackie, remember Jackie came out with those Elevate DVDs way before we had breakawayroping.com, way before it was super accessible for people to watch her content when her and Tyson came along and set up their platform. So I remember when the Elevate DVDs came out and I was so excited to get my hands on it. I think I watched it every night on my laptop when I was in bed, like just thinking of all those amazing resources from back in the day. If you go on breakawayropingjournal.com, we have a list of the 10 unsung heroes of breakaway roping. And number one on the list is another of those names that you might recognize from your old DVD jackets, Betty Gale Cooper Ratliff. Now, I want to say that Betty Gale was an instructor in both breakaway and goat tying through the years, but we have to give it to her for revolutionizing the sport from such an early age. And we all know Hall of Famer Roy Cooper. He might have had it in the tie-down roping, but Betty Gale, his sister, definitely had it in the breakaway. She was actually awarded the first rodeo scholarship ever as a woman 
at ENMU, and she won two national championships and three regional titles and was named Outstanding Woman Athlete at the university. She then joined the Girls' Rodeo Association in 1975, won nine world titles, including breakaway gold buckle in 1989 and four tie-down roping world championships. She also put in her time helping build the WPRA. She is in the Cowgirl Hall of Fame. She was a coach at Southeastern Oklahoma State University, and her kids won a record-breaking nine national team championships and two dozen individual national titles. And I mean, if we're talking about practice sessions, she also invented that little plastic reusable, releasable hondo that revolutionized breakaway practice. If I had a dollar for every time I said revolutionize in this podcast, you guys, I'd probably be rich. Anyway, that was the magic loop back in 1998. And then you saw plenty of other hondos come along like Larry D's Nothing But Neck, The Eight Away. I know I'm missing a bunch of them, but we've seen those hondos change so much throughout the years. Speaking of the GRA, the WPRA, let's talk about some associations and committees that have stepped up for breakaway ropers through the years. I'm going to let you guys hear from the pros again. You're going to hear from Joey Williams, who won both Pendleton and Cheyenne this year on her 2022 Horse of the Year, Baby Bullet. Then you are going to hear from Jackie Crawford, the one and only, and Ricky Engesser, NFBR qualifier. I think to me, one of the committees that stepped up the most and before most of the rest of the PRCA committees was Fort Worth. Uh, when they added breakaway in 2019, that was pretty unheard of for breakaway ropers to get to rope for that much money on that big of a stage. As far as a circuit level for us up here in Montana, I would still like to give a huge shout out to Baker, Montana. They were one of the first rodeo committees up here to add breakaway and they added a pile of money for us to rope at. and. I feel like we've just never really looked back since and a lot of the growth of breakaway I feel like the credit goes to those committees that took a chance on us that first year in 2019 and we've came a long way since then. I feel like I don't even know if it's a committee as much as an association but I was there before the revolution and during it and now after and I think that for me the first association that really stepped up and stuck their neck out on a big platform was the WCRA. The WCRA awarded the first $50,000 paycheck to a breakaway roper on a equal money playing field at a rodeo plat- in a rodeo at Chicago Windy City. And so after that, to me, that was when the snowball effect really came in because right after that was the American, and then so many committees followed suit after that, rodeo committees in the PRCA, and it just kept growing. Um, as far as in the actual PRCA, I thought that Fort Worth was pretty spectacular. It was one of the first ones to add it. They did not balk at even thinking about going in at different added money. They put us directly in with a ton of added money. I think it's like 100000 added in the breakaway um, right off the bat, straight out of the gate. And it was just really cool because that's such an iconic rodeo to start the year off. And, um, yeah, I think that committee was amazing for doing that. There's a lot of really good committees out there for the breakaway roping, but I think a couple of the big ones are like Fort Worth and Cheyenne because they were the first ones or one of the first people or committees to put us in and for the breakaway. Today's episode is brought to you by ADM's Forge First Glow Feeds, an ultra premium feed for your equine partner. Each bag includes Grow Strong Minerals, 
Inside Tract, which is a unique supplement to optimize hindgut health, Beauty Pearl ZEQ, a unique combination of butyric acid and zinc to tighten cell junctions and help to prevent leaky gut, Omega Flax, and Natural Source Vitamin E, which allows you to feed the best to the one you love the most. Visit www.admanimalnutrition.com for more information on Forage First Glow Feeds. Okay, you guys know I'm always excited to talk about the WCRA, the World Champions Rodeo Alliance, and what they have done for women through all of the WCRA events and, of course, the Women's Rodeo World Championship. That's their partnership with the PBR that takes place in May in Fort Worth every year. Now, WCRA, as Jackie mentioned, cracked out of the gate in, I believe, 2018 at the Windy City Roundup in Chicago with equal added money for breakaway ropers from their very first event. You can go to breakawayropingjournal.com. You can relive a lot of those amazing WCRA moments that have happened in the past five years because it's just gotten better and better and better. What they've done for women in team roping, breakaway roping, and barrel racing has been absolutely incredible to watch that association evolve. Also, we can't forget about the amateur associations, you guys. They have been putting money up for breakaway ropers and including them for so many years. I remember when the IPRA first brought in breakaway roping at their finals. It was over 10 years ago. And since then, they have just continued to add on. Those are the rodeos that take place mostly Oklahoma, Texas, and East over. Their finals is the International Finals Rodeo in Oklahoma each January. This year, it'll be in Guthrie right after the WCRA's stampede at the E. So you'll have back-to-back chances. They upped the added money for the IPRA this year by $200,000 at their finals, and they evenly distributed that to the breakaway ropers. So I want to say that the rounds at the IFR this year are going to pay close to what the rounds at the NFBR pay. Now, that's without their bigger aggregate check that they'll have at the NFBR, and of course they have 10 rounds there versus four at the IPRA finals. But kind of fun that it's going to pay, I believe, over $5,000 a round each round uh, for an amateur association. So just shout out to all those amateur associations across the country who have stepped up and added breakaway ropers. And of course, the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, as many girls talked about, Randy Watson of Our Watson Boots um, talks in his episode about how he's been a committee member at Fort Worth and how it was always a priority for them to include breakaway ropers once they could. And it kind of took off on the pro rodeo scene. And they have had equal added money since they added breakaway roping. It's just been so cool to watch the breakaway ropers in Fort Worth. And if anybody remembers, as Ricky mentioned, the Cheyenne Frontier days, they were having jackpots for breakaway roping before they could have the rodeo there. Then when they did, they opened it up and I believe let in 100 or 200 girls. They came out in a major way with their tournament style format. Again, you can check out lots more information on Cheyenne on our website. But let's get into the stuff I am pumped to talk to you guys about today because we love studying the styles of breakaway ropers over at the Breakaway Roping Journal. We've been watching how this mentality has shifted from roping more like tie-down ropers to this style now where the younger girls are coming up and they're looking for their shot as they're bringing their first swing up. They're not scared you know, to rope like a team roper with that neck rope off, calf rope on mentality. One of the first ways that we saw breakaway ropers push the envelope was 
in the early 2000s when reaching started to become more of a practice. And then in the last five, six years, it's just blown up where, you know, Danny Lohman will pretty much chuck out her whole rope. We saw that at Sioux Falls and these girls are working just that much harder to pull off not traditional shots. It's gone from a catch mentality to a be fast mentality for sure. We're going to dive into reaching. You're going to hear from Haley Williams, who definitely knows a thing or two about the team roping and breakaway. She's number two in the world standings right now and has just exploded this year in pro rodeo. Then you're going to hear from Taylor Munsell, and I'm not going to give away who she brings up as her top reacher, but I'm going to have to agree with Taylor. So I'm going to let those girls take it away. I feel like Speed Williams changed the way that reaching was seen and the, the how far that you would reach with your rope. And so from then on, like, it was just different variations of that important length that he brought into the reaching matter has been altered throughout years. And we get to see people's different, their own versions and the different ways they like to achieve it. And so I think my opinion, I might be a little biased, but I think Speed Williams revolutionized the beginning of the reach. I think when it comes to talking about who started the reach and breakaway rope and that title hands down has to be given to JJ Hampton. There's a lot of other girls that have perfected it and I'm sure a lot of others that did it before her, but she's the one that I think everybody looks to, expects from it, and you know you're never safe if she's roping behind you no matter what the score is because she's going to be using her entire rope to get it there. And she makes it happen a lot of the time. Okay, I'm with Taylor Munsell on this one because you cannot talk about breakaway roping and reaching without talking about JJ Flippin' Hampton. Go back and listen to her episode if you want to learn more about her mentality and how she pulls off reaching, her style of roping. But you guys, JJ is like the kamikaze soldier of breakaway roping. She's going to come out. She's going to look for the first semi-available shot, and she is going to take it. And she is one that has honed her specific style through the years so that she can make those shots. Doesn't matter what horse she's on sometimes. Doesn't matter what adversity is against her. JJ's going to take the shot, and lots of times she's going to take your money with a shot you never even would have thought of taking. I'm going to link JJ's episode in the show notes and more information on her with our 10 Breakaway Benefactors article so, like I said, this episode is more for you guys to geek out even more on the sport that you love. It's not so much a relaxed, easy listening episode. So, I actually was nerding out on a article from the Team Roping Journal this morning that talks about reaching and how it has evolved in team roping through the years. As I alluded to earlier, I've seen the sport of breakaway just in the time I've been involved in it over the past decade evolve more from this mentality of coming out, setting up, finding the perfect shot to pushing the barrier right out of the gate before your first swing is up. You're finding your shot. You're going for the neck. Interviewed somebody last year that said she had very much started to adopt the team ropers headers mentality um, for breakaway of like neck rope off, calf rope on. Just super interesting to watch the styles evolve throughout the years when Five years ago, girls were mastering reaching. Now they're just continuing to up their horsemanship, up their game, up their style, but change the mentality of breakaway roping. It's been super fun. You can see that a lot in those fast Texas setups. 
And we'll see that probably a lot at the building rodeos this year when we see those 1.7s, 1.8s, 1.9s that we all get so excited about. Now, when it comes to team roping, let's talk about one of the revolutionaries who started reaching, I mean, way before it was cool. So we talk about H.P. Evett as one of the first guys to really reach. He terrorized headers all through the 1970s with his nine NFR qualifications. Then Doyle Gellerman took that torch to 25 total NFRs through the year 1997. He was from California, as was Evett, and he had started rodeoing and reaching by the time he was 15. But unlike Evett, who was laid back, Gellerman was very tightly wound. He didn't like to swing over their back. He said, it wasn't anything somebody taught me. When I started rodeoing, I just wanted to win so bad I couldn't keep it in my hand. Now, not taking an extra swing sometimes did cost him money, but Gellerman gathered up a then 22-year-old Walt Woodard, whose big gate never missed, and together the pair won just about everything together. They led the world standings into Oklahoma City's NFR in both 78 and 79, lost the gold buckle before they split up in 1980. But like another dominant pair who reunited in recent years, they got back together in 1991 and blew the doors off, refusing to enter second partners so they could each tie for the 81 gold buckle. Gellerman mostly focused on keeping his tip down and always being ready to throw on the second swing. I needed that tip down to throw a long ways, he recalled. By the time my loop got on the horns, it was pretty tight. He also rode horses that exploded out of the corner, something that we're seeing a lot in breakaway horses now. I wanted my horse giving me everything he had the moment he left. I never could reach on a horse that wasn't running full speed. It helped me send it out there. I see guys today just loping across the line, standing up and throwing it all the way to the end. I could never ride like that. That's a quote from Gellerman. But as Gellerman said, he didn't set out to change the game. All he wanted to do was win. Nowadays, you have to throw fast, he said. In the 70s and 80s, a lot of times people would ask me, why didn't you just take another swing? I'd say, I don't know. I can't. Super interesting to me how much he lines up with J.J. Hampton's mentality. I'm just laughing, thinking back to her episode. Now, as Haley Williams mentioned earlier, after Gellerman came one of the sport of roping overall's most aggressive reachers, Speed Williams. He's a Hall of Famer, eight-time world champion from Comanche, Texas, and Haley Williams' dad, which is how us in the breakaway world know him. But the truth is, he said he just absorbed the way Jake Barnes ran close to steers and got them on a short line and the way that Charles Pogue scored perfectly and was so consistent. But he focused more on riding his horse than anyone ever had at the time. Reaching notwithstanding, Williams said, you win by the way you ride your horse across the line and handle your horse once the steer is caught. That's where he varied from Gellerman. Now, Gellerman did say, speed change team roping. Now, more and more of these kids are doing what he did. So Speed was really the one that we're probably seeing modern team ropers model themselves after, and now modern breakaway ropers. Evitz, who was around as the original reacher, said about Speed, man, he knocked a start and was ready to throw from the score line. You know, the steer is closest to you when your horse's chest crosses that line. If it's a 12-foot start, that steer is 12 foot ahead of you right there. Speed used that to his advantage. So while Evitz and Gellerman would swing in the box at the finals, it wasn't second nature because they weren't doing it at rodeos throughout the year. As Speed said, on the West Coast, everything had a long score. 
Back in my country, everything had short scores in tiny buildings. So while Evitz and Gellerman came from California, Speed came from Texas. Learning to throw fast was the big thing, so horses worked totally different for us. While Californians had boxes that were 28 feet long, our boxes were little 14-footers. So after that, Speed not only became, you know, one of the most well-known reachers and his style changed team roping, he went and started doing clinics and coaching ropers for almost two decades after that. So don't think that Speed still can't reach. I've seen him at those WCRA events and he chucks it. Now he's got his son, Gabe, coming up behind him. We're all, of course, waiting to see how Gabe's style develops and kind of what his thing becomes. But it's been so fun to watch Haley out on the trail this year. As I said, we're going to link this article in the show notes if you guys want to dive deeper into Haley Williams, Speed Williams, and reaching in general with Gellerman and Evitz. I would love for you guys to check that out on the Team Roping Journal. As far as influential women in the sport of rodeo, I've also got to give a shout out to the SCORE podcast. Chelsea Schaefer interviewed Pam Minnick over there, and that episode will just get all of your feminist rage, like boiling, but then resolved in a great way. It is such an amazing episode to hear her talk about being a woman in the sport of rodeo through the years. I could not get enough of it. We ticked a lot of the boys off with that episode, which is always fun. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this non-conventional episode of the Breakaway Breakdown. We will be back with some more traditional episodes coming up. As I mentioned earlier, Joe Beaver is going to be coming on. We're going to have Martha Angeloni for you guys. So super exciting episodes. Also, make sure you're keeping up with the Breakaway Roping Journal because we do know who is in for the 2023 NFBR. We've got that list on the website. We've got the list of ropes that all of those girls are using. We've got the list of horses that they're riding. So we are your home for NFBR coverage, and we've already started it. Lillian Kent has done an amazing job, our editor at the Breakaway Roping Journal, of pulling together these stories for you guys. And she is also banging out the coverage on the circuit finals that are going on. Last weekend, we had Badlands Prairie and Texas. This week, we've got a few more coming up. So just be on the lookout for all of that circuit coverage. We're going to be bringing it to you guys online, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, on the Breakaway Breakdown podcast. Thank you guys so much again. And make sure to check out ADM's Forage First Glow Feed at www.admanimalnutrition.com or check your local feed store, see if they've got it there. And if they don't, ask them why. Hope you guys are kicking butt and having fun no matter where you're at. Talk to you soon.